Hello and welcome to the Adventure Game Club podcast. I'm Michael. With me today we have John. Hello. And M. Hello. And today we're kind of doing a bonus episode. Uh, we're talking about Mist today, since it's Ribbon Month in the club. Um, we originally played this game all the way back in September of last year. Uh, but since we're doing Ribbon now, we thought we could do a Mist episode first. Yay! Have an excuse. Yeah, <laughs> just have an excuse to talk about Mist some more. Since <laughs> we all seem to be pretty big fans. Um, so I guess Mist, the way. I would describe Mist. The gameplay is basically you're transported to a mysterious island through by touching a book. And it's the purpose of the gameplay is first person point and click adventure where you're just exploring the island and figuring out what is happening there. Yes. And then and then meeting two brothers who happen to be trapped. The book. Yes. What's interesting, Mike, is that, like, with Mist in particular, right? We we, uh, we have the evolution of of uh, the adventure genre, right? You like it's it's such a fantastical thing because it it is uh, the most adventure game that I feel is akin to like a text adventure more so than Sierra's games and things like this. So I don't know how I how to explain that. I guess we might go into that a little bit later. But Mist is so fantastic. <laughs> so yeah so when was the first time you both of you played Mist I'll leave that to you Em okay so I, I played Mist like a while ago because it was like on Macintosh and I had a Macintosh at home and it was just like one of those CDs like you pick up I don't know from where but it just existed somewhere <laughs> And I tried playing it as like a, like, I would say 10, 11 year old, but I was like, damn, this is too hard. I'm, I'm going to bail out. And I did not, I did not finish it at all. I did not, um, get through, I think any of the puzzles maybe, but like, it was nice just like walking around and chilling in the world. But then I completed it when we played um, on the Adventure uh, Game Club list. So yeah, that's Very nice. sort of my experience. Yeah, my my uh, initial experience. So transport yourself back to 1994, a young fledgling uh, me, uh, ten years old. Uh, we had just gotten a new PC, a computer. We had originally an Apple II GS. Uh, so we had this PC for about a year. And my rich aunt from Rhode Island came visiting down uh, with a giant stack of printer paper stapled together and a CD. And they're like, this is for you guys. It's going to change your life. And I just remember the whole family huddled around the computer as my brothers navigated the world of mist and them coming across. And so like, my aunt and uncle, they were not gamers in the least, like even remotely. They they didn't enjoy video games. That wasn't a part of their life in any way. Um, but they were like, 
with bated breath waiting and like watching us and being like, oh, interesting. What do you think about that? What do you think this means? And, you know, my brothers looked at the books and as Cirrus and Echinar, the two brothers are talking to you, I am creeped out. And they're like, why are you creeped out? And I'm like, I don't know. They all seem evil. And they're like, hmm, interesting. And, uh, and I never, I, so my brothers played through the game. I didn't watch it because it scared me to death. But then, uh, but I was always intrigued by it. I was always interested in it. Riven really enchanted me. Riven was really kind of where I got sucked in as a, as a youth. But, uh, I went to go revisit it again in the early 2000s and go through the entire series of all the missed games in order. Um, and that's when I was like, yeah, like, oh, it's, it's absolutely amazing. It's so fantastic. That's awesome. I think I had a similar experience in that my introduction was like, so in 1994, right? That's when the Windows version came out, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, my cousin came over and had the CD with him and installed it on our computer. And it was just like, oh, this is incredible. Uh, <laughs> like, I was just, I was like only six years old, but it was just like, so impressive to me. Um, and then after he went home, like we basically went out and bought it. Uh, we, we eventually later got like, my dad even got the walkthrough, the strategy guy. Yes. <laughs> this was, this was early internet days where you kind of, you know, not everything was just easily look upable and, and, uh, searchable and fine. Um, for some reason, the game did not scare me, which is weird because a lot of games did back then. But like, whoa, this is a scary-ass game. <laughs> I don't know what it was like. It's just, well, I think like unsurprising. Uh, I was really hooked on the full motion video. I was like, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> Even as a six-year-old, I was like, oh, this is how all games. It was your destiny. Be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it really was. It was like, okay, this is. This explains a lot. Yeah. Um, this, <laughs> but, like, I just, like, thought it was very fun. F&B, like, it is. I don't know. And, like, yeah, our family was just into it. And so, um, it was awesome. And I just loved the exploration. Of course, I couldn't do any of the puzzles because I was six. I just wanted to click around and explore. But even that was, like, really interesting to me. Um it was great. Yeah. So that was my first experience with Miss. And then, of course, like I said, we had the guide, so we did beat it. Um, yeah. It was great. Um, so I guess, do we want to go into the history of the game? Um, By all means. Yeah. So my understanding is that in the late 80s, Brandon Robert Miller were just kind of working at their individual day jobs. Um, and I think there's Brand Miller who was doing programming and stuff and came across HyperCard. I um, think so, yeah. And so he approached Robin. So they're brothers um, and Robin was good. They were started working together on a HyperCard game. Um, they got their start doing kids games. That were so or ran ran did the programming Robin did the art yeah 
Right. And then, so they made a series of kids' games, The Manhole, Cosmic Osmo, and Spelunks, I think, were the three games. All great games, too. Yeah. I think I, I think I would have been really into those if I knew of them at the time. It's, it's basically just... I don't want to say it's basically missed without the puzzles, but you are just exploring. Yeah, and they're also like limited to Mac only at the time. I don't think they got a PC uh, like port until long after. Yeah, I think you're right. So I don't, and we had a most people had a PC, so I don't think they must. I mean, the game said buying. I think Mm -hmm. exactly making up, but yeah, and they're I think they're all black and white, like early. It's like the black and white Mac. Yeah, they were they were black and white, and uh, yeah, it was, they're very they're still very visually striking. I think it's actually uh, like an interesting. It was visually interesting those games were. So even with that limited palette of being just black and white, it still did a great job. Especially because there's lots of situations in those games like Spelunks and stuff like this, where there is a lot of darkness and there's a lot of like color contrast of black and white and they do a lot of great job with shading and stuff like this. It's fantastic for kids at least. Yeah. Um, so after that, they wanted to make a game for adults. And from what I read, they pitched a game to Activision called the gray summons. I don't know a whole lot about it other than that or either of you. Like, no, I was listening to, um, a, a interview. There's a interview with Rand Miller that is, like two hours long for Ars Technica, which by the way, everybody should listen to is fantastic and super interesting. They didn't mention it at all in there. I don't believe. Um, so I don't even know about the gray summons at all. A little, I read it just sounded kind of like a fantasy thing. And they pitched it to Activision who just weren't interested in them doing something that wasn't a kid's game. Yeah. Um, they were kind of struggling financially, I guess. And then some, uh, Tradition, a Japanese developer or publisher called Sunsoft approached them um, about making a game. Um, they're, I guess, they're famous for like Blaster Master. I associate them with NES games. Yeah. Well, what happened was they saw the seventh guest um, that showed at a, a a tech thing, and they were like, "We want that. We want that. Can you do that?" And they're like, "Yes, we can." And they're like, "Okay," because. All these people had saw the seventh guest, this development of it, and uh, like this build of it, and they were like, "This is the future of video games." And everybody was like, "We have to make that. We have to make our version of this." And uh, before you know, to to like get it out at the time to compete with it. Uh, and what's funny is that, of course, seventh guest people like, but it did not have as much of an impact as Mist did. <laughs> like it did well, but not to the level that Mist did. But it sounds like that's so that's how they got their funding then. And then they started to work on it in 1991. Yeah, so the development was the two Miller brothers, Chris Brandcamp, who did sound, Chuck Carter did the 3D art, um, Richard Watson, your favorite oh. developer. Um, I, I think Bonnie McDowell was the tester, and then Brian Miller. I'm not sure what he did. And he's the third Miller brother, but I know he worked on it. Um, but some of these people kind of stuck with Cyan for a while. Um, Chris, the sound designer, was with them for a bit. Uh, 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 Chuck 
still associated with. He doesn't work at Cyan, but he did a game called Zed that was published by Cyan. Mm-hmm. Um, Richard Watson is still yes, still with him, yeah, in a capacity, still, yeah. But yeah, so is so Broderbund published the PC version, right? Yeah. I think that's my understanding. Okay, yeah, which is where the game became a giant hit. Even though I think it probably did fine on consoles as well. Yeah, not the same. I mean, if you play it on like the Sega Saturn or the, I think it's on the CDI even, uh, and like 3DO, like it, it's not the same. <laughs> it's not the no. same. Don't play the DS version. Trust me, it's not good. Like I've played, oh, I've played so much Mist in my life. I've played almost every port. <laughs> it's not, it's not worth it. Don't do it. Yeah, so I mean, like the graphics, like an early 3D, but at the time it was state of the art. It's really hard to establish how big of a deal this game was at the time. I mean, it was everywhere. It was on. It was on TV. It was on. Like they, they were doing interviews and photo shoots and, and on covers of non-gaming magazines, clothing like, line, <laughs> which is amazing. Yeah, Gap. Yeah. Think about that for a second. In 1993-1994, how many video game developers were in like f- fashion advertisements? How many would you know? Like how many how many did you know existed in that time? Like it, it's wild to look back at these things, right? Because you look at the classics, these games that we have all known and loved, like Super Mario Brothers. Miyamoto is a staple now. Well, back then, no one knew who that was. That wasn't an icon at the time. Like, when Super Mario Bros. 3 was being, like, teased and they're looking at it, they're like, it's a continuation of the the Super Mario Bros. series. It looks really great. It's really cool. And now we're like, well, that's one of the greatest games ever made. And it's it's holy and we cannot cannot touch this thing. And, uh... But like back then, it was just like, yeah, that's normal. But here we have the the Miller brothers and they were just they were everywhere and the whole world. This was like the biggest explosion of games to the mass market and uh, for good and for bad, apparently for some people. Yeah, I guess because I had maybe too much of an impact on the industry, I guess, which isn't really their fault, but <laughs> It had too much of an impact on the industry. Therefore, it's bad. And so, like, I mean, that and some me? of the guests were responsible for it, like a lot of CD-ROM drives. What's very funny to me is that they didn't want to put music in the game for a long time. They were like really against that. They thought it'd be distracting <laughs> and just kind of break the immersion. And then Sunsoft, I think it was Sunsoft was pushing for it. They were like, you, you should try it. Just give it a try. Just try it. Well, you had to find the right music, right? If you were doing like a da 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 da, it's not going to work. Like you know, so they had to figure out what fits the tone right and get like, because I mean, this is a game where if it was using traditional instruments, it wouldn't sound or feel the same. It wouldn't feel the same. Having that kind of late eighties, early nineties synth, and like you know, just the kind the somewhat cheap. Like now, we would consider them cheap electronic music, like instruments. Uh, really, kind of just adds this weird alien, uh, you know, foreboding, just feeling. It's it's comp- that's also part of why I was terrified as a kid because like the music is scary. <laughs> but I think Sunsoft knew 
Yeah, it works. For certain elements, right? Because music's not playing 24-7 in Mist. There are these there are these moments and elements where the music comes in, it kicks in in those moments where uh, you enter a building and you're like, what is the purpose of this? And as you're ex- when you're really digging into a place like you're investigating, that's when the music really kicks in like the most like exploring Mist Island at the very beginning. It's all kind of silent and you hear the sloshing of the water. Like I get why they were kind of averse to this idea of music because they wanted just. They, they felt like having that stuff would pull you away from the experience where you just have sound effects and the environment being the, the backdrop to this. Like, I get why they were kind of wanting to do that. But in those moments when there is uh, things are devoid of those sound effects, those those moments when you're in those rooms, like exploring the the habitats of the brothers and stuff like this and that creepy music is playing and you're very like oh this is heightened dramatically sound is so essential to the success of this game um even just like the ambient noise like of the waves i guess the gameplay itself you're just so like we said before you're just exploring this island it's first person you're coming you come across puzzles and you solve them um, and the famously device of, I don't know, again, you like the first puzzle in the game. I was playing like too much to like get a note saying. Yes. Yep. Yeah. It to go to the, the image, the, the video imager and put in the code that is the number of switches that are on the Island. And that is, that is like one of the most, uh, it's a, a fantastic way to introduce a player to this game and how it's supposed to be played. Cause one, it encourages you to explore the world. And then you're like, well, where's this imager thing? And they say, by the docks. And so you explore and find that secret room. You feel special for finding that, even though it is kind of told to you where it is. Um, And like, it's just a perfect introduction of like, this is how you interact with this world. You just explore, you observe, you record that information because it's not not recorded anywhere. So obviously you're like, well, I'm not going to remember that many. I'm going to write that down. And like it just introduces all of the basic elements, the building blocks of how you play this game uh, for people who aren't familiar with it. It's so good. I think that's where the Infocom comparison comes in. Or like I can say it because you have to take notes. It's not yeah. like a LucasArts. Well, I, at least I never take notes. On LucasArts, but no, <laughs> you just um, you have to write down like what you're reading and you're finding things and so it's i think that might have been a little difficult for like people because miss was so huge that you just pulling in people who maybe didn't have experience playing games mm-hmm. um or this was like their first game so you have just but learning how to play a game and learning how to well, like games in general and learning how to play this game specifically that's, well, that's i think what- that, I sorry, I alluded to this, I mean, in the very beginning when I talk about how this is the 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 perfect evolution of a text adventure game, right? So Infocom was huge in the early 1980s uh, for its adventure game software and appealing to a mass market at the time when computers were just starting to become more mainstream in the household, right? And why I say that Myst is a game that uh, is much more akin to a text adventure than something like Sierra or LucasArts is because the um, the the point and click interface is really uh, simple, you know, and it's like picking things up 
or pulling a lever. It's just a simple, all, all encompassing action. You click one thing and it does what you're supposed to do with it. But the screens individually are like exploring, you know, a room in a text adventure. And also just the, the puzzle structure is very akin to old school Infocom, like the very old school stuff. You know, we're talking like the original Zorix and things like this. Just uh, these more mechanical based uh, actions. If you ever played uh, um, Star Cross, which is a fantastic Infocom game, it, it plays like those uh, in just how it's structured, what your goals and like it's a simple thing. Collect this thing, bring it back you know, and having to solve one or two major puzzles to get that thing. Um, and, but it does it in a way that is really simple and uses graphics in a way that'll make it easier for people to, to parse. And so you're not having to fight with a text parser, which a lot of people had issues in Umbridge with. And so kids can instantaneously look at this and just know how to do stuff. They're like, oh, a piece of paper. I'm going to click on it. Oh, I'm reading the paper. Oh, there's a lever. I click on it. Oh, I'm interacting with the lever. Like, it's super simple. You don't have to think, well, what verb should I use? How should I interact with this? Or how you know? it's cold, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so it, the simplification of it works in its favor. Uh, and it was just something that was so easy for people to parse, but it, it feels like that old school Infocom game with the benefit of graphics, with the benefit of sound. And I think it just, it clicked with so many people because of that. And also it's like, international i guess there's like it's not completely wordless because you still like get notes and like the dialogue with the brothers is not dialogue monologue yeah. with the brothers is uh uh like in english but i think it's like i guess like much easier to like translate and mm-hmm. like distribute like t- into many languages than like a text parser game essentially right yeah, because there's only like uh, four books of text, right? And then like little notes here and there that you'll come across, but very, very little overall. Yeah, but the in interface of, itself is yeah. fully visual. Yeah, yeah. no need to, to, to translate that in any way, which is so fantastic. So when the game came out, it was a massive hit. I think part of maybe some of the backlash, I don't, I think as people have come around, it's generally cool like it but for a while it kind of had this negative perception i think it still has a negative perception i cannot tell you how many times when miss gets brought up someone in the comic section is like this is the game that destroyed the video game industry and it's like well clearly it didn't destroy the or video adventure game games or whatever yeah adventure games oh it did have a huge influence on it and so i can see if you're this is not what you want from an adventure game it would drive you nuts because every there were a lot of really mediocre. Yeah, but that's not Mist's fault. That's not Mist's fault. That is those companies trying to leech off of the success of that company, right? And so, like, nobody's sitting there saying Dark Souls destroyed the industry because it created a new genre, the Souls-like, that caused everybody to try to replicate it, and they're not as good as this one. No one is saying that. Well, right, and, but it didn't, like, transform a current genre like if it wouldn't be like no one to, like if sonic came out and all of a sudden well there were a kind of a bit a lot of sonic yeah, sonic, games, sonic but, goes into a lot of weird places but that so that's maybe not the best example but like i guess lucas r's even sierra kind of 
changed a little, but like it kind of the adventure genre did pivot pretty strongly to first person adventure games that were kind of doing this thing. And a lot of them didn't pull it off. I mean, there's some good stuff like Inscape. I like some of the weird stuff by Inscape. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Bad Day in the Midway, which I don't consider a miss, like, but I think it had an influence because it's first person. Yeah, you had the Buried in Time series, which did fairly well. Um, the Journeyman and... Project, you mean? Journeyman Project, sorry. Buried in Time is the second one. Sorry, I always think of it as that because that was my first game. The Journeyman Project, thank you. Journeyman Project series. Um, and uh, th- there is there is games that, that kind of replicate uh, a similar style to Mist that were successful, there's a, there was a, quite a lot of games actually, but um, it's just it's so wild that at at that time that's the beginning of the cultural tribalism of video games, right? That's the start of the 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 edgy marketing for video games and how they're supposed to be perceived. They're supposed to be hip and cool because those people are now in their teens who started playing them from the NES days, and so it's starting to just create this massive cultural shift that brings this giant blockade to uh, what Mist is trying to do and saying this isn't cool, this isn't how we want our video games uh, because we're teenagers, we're awesome, we're cool, we're edgy, we're the best, and everything else sucks, and that's for old people, and it's killing the games. We don't want those games, and it's like they're fantastic and they're not hindering your ability to play your games because obviously during the 90s the post missed era of games there's so many video games that are not missed like so many that fill oh, right, your right. needs you know um, it's i think that that's yeah that i mean that hasn't really changed it like because i remember pop cap as a casual was a casual game developer i think it's yeah. still technically around but like i remember like cat when the big casual games boom happened in the 2000s people yeah. were really down on those as well but <laughs> you know it's not hurting anyone but yeah i think miss was seen as kind of a casual game to it's some extent considered casual game because it appealed to the casual market and the same thing happened with things like the Wii. there's this pushback because it's bringing in people that aren't us and we aren't gamers, and thus it's not good. It's bad. And it's just like that that stuff still exists even to this day. And I don't understand why it is such a such a hanging point for everybody that they all have to sit there and be like, it's not for me, therefore it must be destroyed. It cannot exist. And it's like, whoa, what? Why? I don't know. It's, yeah, that's, <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's never, that's always been a but that is that is an that is an avenue that is a long and winding path of discussion yeah we're not <laughs> anyway <laughs> um yeah so i mean and i think i wonder if some of that is also tied to for most people they played mist in 94 or when that's when they found out about it because yeah. i mean they do it well on the mac it's definitely a mac game but um pc is much bigger so 94, and then like the genre kind of starts declining in popularity around like 96, yeah. I would say. Yeah, because Riven came out in, I think, 96 at the time, and it didn't do as well. I think Riven, did Riven was 97, I think. Yeah, 97 maybe, okay. But it, it didn't do as well as Mist, and that was like, it was right then that people were like, okay, we're done with that. Yeah. Um, well, even though... Even though Riven's better, but you know, ugh. 
It's also well. It's also not 3D. Riven '97 was like when everything was expected to be. I think started to be 3D. And yeah, if it wasn't and everything, yeah. Even though it didn't, you know, it, the game holds up better than a lot of mo. All 3D, like stylistically, it looks better than 3D games. Yeah, from the era, but that was just the expectation. Like a lot of 2D fighting games got. Oh yeah! Oh, before no. they weren't 3D. <laughs> yeah, like the Street Fighter EX series and all that stuff where they could pull it into 3D, and you're like, "Ooh, that doesn't that doesn't look that good." Yeah, and you can pull up reviews of Street Fighter Three, and people are kind of complaining that it's not 3D, even though it looks great. And <sighs> so that was a whole thing. But the, yeah, hey, yeah. <laughs> but like, even that's outside of that, like, Casir was kind of basically done by '90s. I mean, so I think it, it's kind of like the decline. That was kind of like the last. Yeah, because Sierra is huge. Sierra, like, I don't, I never really thought of it like this, but like the industry in general thought Sierra to be like the biggest game company in the world. Like at that time, they were on PC. On PC, at least. yeah. Yeah. And everybody was trying to compete with Sierra. And then the buyout and then the dramatic decline and their inability to, 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 they focus more on publishing instead of developing. They didn't really transition to 3D well. And uh, they attempted to be super edgy and that alienated their core audience. And Fantasmagory was a huge. It was a yeah. huge seller. But then, like, everything after that wasn't because it was trying, it hopped on the, the Night Trap, you know, bandwagon. And it was still kind of riding in that moment. But they didn't realize that that was a, a very much a flash in the pan for FMV, and and so like obviously Phantasmagoria two did nothing, and Shivers didn't do much, and and Lighthouse didn't do well, and like they really tried to push that that idea, and it was just people weren't buying it. Well, and you even saw yeah, like we're talking about companies kind of switching to miss like games. I mean, Sierra even tried to like Shivers and Lighthouse are both kind of chasing that trend or yeah. what that style yeah. of oh, game yeah. and rama rama is well, rama. Rama the oh, yeah. Game, yeah. which i like a rama rama is an interest it's not great but it is very interesting i enjoy that game yeah me too and I, yeah they're not even bad games but like yeah, they kind of like shippers honestly but um and i had fun with lighthouse at the time but which was that one which is weird that one's like supposed to be explicit like misquote like ken williams walked into the designer's office said can you make one of these hello miss i don't think lighthouse really like there's inventory items and i don't know i mean it's clearly influenced by it but it's not like a one-to-one i think shivers might even be closer to yeah um Sorry, sorry. Where, well, it's my this fault is going to happen, listeners of this podcast. If you ever see one that has me on the podcast, we're going to go on a ride that is not related to the thing that we're supposed but, to be going talking about. That's fine, um, <sighs> but, but I can see like because that most of the CR games are so character focused, and then all of a sudden, with the exception of like Antesmagoria and Gabriel Knight Two, around that time they kind of jump over to. They, are, they start to pivot more towards that first-person style. I mean, they're still doing like yeah. Space Quest X. Yeah, and and then things they, they they take a dramatic shift once consoles 
become even huger like you know they 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 wanted to bring console ports to things so like mist 3 becomes a console game as well mist 4 also was on xbox you know monkey island uh uh return to monkey island return to monkey island? Escape. Escape from monkey escape. Island. sorry escape from monkey island sorry the names all blend together yeah the 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 fourth one Yes. Uh, you know, being on console, like, and so them trying to move to, to more 3D, try to move them more towards consoles because that was a bigger market. PC in general was just starting to dwindle in comparison. Because, I mean, like, you look at uh, uh, the PlayStation 2 being just a huge force because it, it brought, you know, DVD uh, as a format into the mainstream. And so, like, it did the same kind of thing that made the gigantic PC push. Uh, uh, C- yeah, the PC push with CD and missed. Uh, PlayStation Two did with DVDs, and so like everyone wanted to get onto that bandwagon and and pivot away from from PC gaming in general. So like the early two thousands, things are starting to to wane dramatically. It's, it's just it's wild to see the shifts of the industry um, and the cycles that they go through. Because of course, as we know, uh, the the world of adventure games now has so much more akin to missed and things like this you have the quote-unquote walking simulators which i hate that term but like those take so much from from mist and the popularity of abduction cyan's more recent game um it's just it's it's fantastic to see how uh people are beginning to accept that genre a bit more that style a bit more and how it's got a place now in the industry um in a more general market instead of just being this one big thing and then a bunch of little super tiny not great things now everything's all really good yeah well, i mean yeah and you see it like even though i'm not the biggest fan of it the witness was a huge like strongly influenced yeah. by me like i mean jonathan will even say <laughs> that it is he'll, he'll admit that he's a big fan but like yeah i would say fez even i yeah. think yeah, that's been cited, like Miss was an influence on that. Like, so it's, I think a lot of the indie designers who grew up playing Miss are kind of like, no, Miss, it, it's, it, yeah. So like now that the game's out of like a weird context, it's that is released. Like now that people can just kind of play it without the weird discourse surrounding it, it's just like, yeah, either you know they're just like, yeah, it's fine or not into it and just move on instead of like going into a rage about <laughs> mess. Like, yeah, it's well, know. because now the market is so big, like the, the world of games, the landscape of it is so large now that the mm-hmm. Island for adventure games is, is huge. There's lots of people who like that. And then the Island for this, you know, MMOs or for battle Royale games is so big and they have their own little space and they stay to their spaces. People typically stay to their spaces and they know where those places are. If they want to go there, they can go there. Now it doesn't feel like it's an invasion. If that makes right. any sense. Yeah. Like and for it, them, it doesn't feel like that anymore because they have so much of that thing that they like and they can just tap into those things. But if they want to dabble, they can go look over there if they want to, but they're not, it's not in their face as much, if that makes sense. Right. And if you don't like, yeah. So like, if you don't like this, you can just move on to something like there's tons of the more character focused point and click adventure games where you're using the inventory items. There's 
visual novels. There's like there's visual so novels, much. Yeah, there's so much. The Twine World, the visual novels, uh, the 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 quote unquote walking simulators. Like, but uh, there's so many different things that do a bunch of different stuff. So some people will approach this and be like, "It's too puzzle heavy. I don't like these." weird mechanical puzzles it just doesn't fit with my brain it's like okay well here's another game that doesn't have that it has all these different stuff that that meets your criteria that that fits your needs much better and we now live in a a space where that's the case we're in the 90s that wasn't the case right you know yeah um yeah so i i yeah let's so let's talk about i guess the hit oh my god um like the brief history of cyan after this like we won't talk about the games themselves too much but like in 97 Riven came out it did fine it did well it did well right it did well it just did not do as well as mist and that was considered a disappointment because we have to have exponential growth at all times blah 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 right um and so that happened uh they did mist masterpiece it so i think this may be part of backlisted because there's a lot of missed re-releases yeah and it's just it's just them making it playable on modern systems and but they keep calling it something different and people not realizing that now it's it's different we understand that like hey that can't run on modern machines so they now have a new version of it that can yeah 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 so there's this masterpiece edition in 99 i think is the day which is it's just slightly better looking it has a hint system yeah. Whatever. That's the one that's on Steam and GOG. Um, I don't. So you can't even buy the original, original Mist <laughs> anymore in digital stores. But it's basically the same thing. Uh, Real Mist came out the next year. Yeah. Um, that's the 3D one. They, so they rebuilt the game in 3D. It's fine. It's, that's my. It's my preferred, but I get it. Like, oh really? Oh. Yeah, it is my preferred version of it, just simply because. Uh, one of the, the, the downfalls of original Mist is just understanding things spatially, right? Because you have oh, these static screens. Okay. Like, you go and play an age like Channelwood, and like Real Mist, it is an easy cakewalk. Uh, but in the original version, it's a lot more challenging to be like, okay, where am I in this? What, 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 where have I gone? Because navigating these twisting, you know, catwalks. Uh, and like trying to connect pipes and things like this and trying to understand where they they branch off you you have to essentially yeah. you know manage these these energy source by circumnavigating all these different pipes and things like this and so it's tough to do in the original but in real mist because you're freely moving through the age uh you're able to really visualize and understand where you are where those things are going and follow those paths really easily but it comes at the cost of a lack of graphical fidelity comparatively, right? So there's not as many details as the original Mist, and uh, but I'll take it. I'll take it. And I bet that's where some of the Mist is difficult discourse comes from too, because it does. It is a little hard to navigate. Yeah, I want to talk about the interface a little bit. <laughs> yes, um, because I like. I really love it. Actually, like the static frames are just I don't know it's just like you don't see it in every game I don't think any modern like I don't remember modern games doing it oh oh, doing the static yeah like if it's still a thing except like for dungeon crawlers maybe 
I mean, you do to agree with some of them. I mean, like you look at something like Norco has the static screens. Yes, uh, yes. for adventure, but that's um, different. Still, it's a different. It's, it's a little bit more, different. It's different. It's more like the uninvited and that sort of thing, like the the um, Shadowgate, deja yeah. vu, Shadowgate, yeah. like that stuff. It's a little different than how it is with Mist because Mist, you feel like you're really moving through that space instead of being like just points of interest. You're going to this room now. You're going to yeah. this point of interest room. You know, here you're actually just kind of traveling through the space. Sorry, um, but in Mist, like one thing I like is that, like having these sort of frames, they focus your attention really well on like what you need to like be focused on. Like if, if it's an important puzzle or a, like mechanical device, it'll be like, okay, it, it's now it's taking the whole screen and you can see all of it at once and like you can pull levers and stuff like that. But other stuff you can just like pass around. And that's perfect that that you yeah. you highlight that so spectacularly is that like you look at a uh, for instance right and when we get to the Riven episode lots of people are going to complain about what do I do it's like no it's it's pointing to you what you need to do you just have to recognize that that's important and that's how they design these things they they want to attract your attention to certain things with with those static screens it's it's great yeah but that is one and... thing that makes three oh sorry. Oh, and like the other thing is that, like, maybe I'm wrong, but there was a moment in Mist where, like, there's a long, long tunnel that you go through. I think to the elevator or something like that. And like the first time, you you just have to like click like ten times maybe to go forward, but the <laughs> second time it just skips it because it, like it knows you've been to the tunnel. Already. So it's like, thank you. It's it's a real feeling. It's a weird feeling of like. Not mastery, but like, oh, like, like my, like not my character, but like I know where I'm going. So, and the games know that I know where I'm going. So, like, it lets me do it, and like I don't have to go through the same place like twice, um, super slowly. What you say there is is so important, and I think that a lot of people don't realize that sort of stuff, right? They don't recognize those things. That moment when you are like, I don't need to to click 10 times anymore. I got this. But the game says, no, 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 I got you. I understand. Like, I understand what you what you mean. Yeah, like, I, exactly. I ha- I've met your needs. I wanted it to be long to make you feel like this is a long, deep, you know, oh, foreboding tunnel that I'm going through. It's scary. It's strange. But then when you pass through it and you know what's there, it's like, OK, you don't need to, yep. to do those screens anymore. And it's giving you feedback. And you're like, "Ooh, that feels nice. I like this. Yeah. Oh. I think that's one thing about the 3D that maybe does hurt, even though I agree that it, makes, it probably is easier, but like at the same time, it's like, what am I supposed to interact with? They have an optional node version, at least in the newest one. I don't know about realness, but um, you're kind of clicking around. And I think once it gets to 3D, it's just like, what am I supposed to focus on? Yeah. Mist 5 had a node mode. Uh, Real Mist did not. Okay. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, and same with Real. But yeah, so, yeah, so the Mist series gets weird after. So Riven comes out, does pretty well. Hmm. Then they make, then they do Real Mist because they need to develop their game engine, basically. I, that's how I always saw it was 
we have to make this game engine for our next game, Uru. Yeah. We need to have this. But let's make, let's do a simpler thing. Like, let's get this, get a thing out there to make, and that can make us some money, but also like, you know, test. Testing it anyways. So why not just make it a commercial product at that point? Yeah. So that happens. So, and then at that point, is that like, 99 or so, they probably sign a deal with Ubisoft, I assume. Yeah. Because so that's they, where. So they had, um, they had, uh, given Mist off to a company to go make Mist 3. The Journeyman Project did Presto. Uh, the, technically, there was another company that worked on Mist 3 before Presto. Oh. Okay. And then Ubisoft brought them, uh, like came in. There was a, there was like a Mist 3, and they're like, nope. Uh, we're we're using this company, and here you go. And they so they kind of started over after Ubisoft kind of swept in, and uh, and bought everything up, and oh, the Ubisoft acquisition just terrible. So was that, so is there story. like is there like a proto like so there's like a partially started mystery that's like a different thing. Yeah, I know that's yeah. the case with Miss Miss Four. Four as well. Yeah, I don't okay. I don't know anything about the Miss Three one, but I do know that there was another company that worked on it. I think, okay. I'm pretty sure. I could be completely wrong in talking out of my ass. If so, mention it in the podcast or the official Discord. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, go yell at John. <laughs> um, okay. So, yeah. So, Miss 3 by Presto is the Journeyman Project team. Mm-hmm. They made a Mr. So, that came out in 2001. Um. We're not going to talk about it too much, but I, it's it's fine. Whatever, it's, it's good game. It's fine. It's it's good. It's not very mis- It's not very misty, but it is. It's good. It's okay. Yeah, I um, don't know. I like the Journeyman Project series stuff. Anyway, uh, so yeah, then Uru comes out in two thousand three. That's their online missed MMO. It's meant it, to be, but it didn't get to be right. Ugh. Yeah, so. Yeah, we, for the sake of this podcast, we cannot. <laughs> I'm not talking. I'm very intentionally trying to. I know. I know. Bonus, bonus podcast. But, um, but there's anyways, like ten this... podcasts for Uru. If we ever want to talk about Uru, that's like ten podcasts for me because I can just talk yeah. about it forever. Oh my god! It's like I, I, we, we both like it, uh, and it's so go go. Anyway, I know you're trying to restrain, but uh, critically, it did fine. Commercially, it was a big flop. Go. Uh, anyway, it's still around. Go play. Go download the sun line. It's free. <laughs> that's 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 the short version of it. I wish, I wish listeners you could see, the you could see face. Just, right? I'm like gonna pop. I'm gonna pop. I love, I love, I love Carol, Mist Online. Do, do, so you want, do you want? Do you want a timer everyone, for like two minutes? Everyone has to play Mist Online. Everyone has to play Mist Online. It is the greatest game ever made. It is. It is a Tolkien level of of uh, of detail and world building. It's, it's so good. Go play that game. Sorry. Yeah, it's free. Continue. It's free. So go. It's free. Yeah, yeah no like, officially, it's officially like Cyan's. Like it's like they kept it a live and fans like the server's alive and fans kind of contribute and material they put every inch of their heart and soul in and everyone hated it and i'm like it hurts my soul critically it did okay i think no it didn't oh it didn't 
It didn't. They're like, it's 3D. You make a character. This isn't Mist. This is stupid. And everybody agreed. And I'm like, no, it's you don't. Oh, you don't I understand. Thought, I know commercially is a wow, but no, okay. people were like, it's not my Mist. It's 3D. You have a third person view. I, this is unacceptable. No, I, I'm pulling up Ruby's course. It, it kind of it was like 70s. <sighs> unacceptable. Best game I've ever played. Oh, <laughs> I get it. I, it. The engine's clunky, but no, yeah. uh, PC yeah. gamer. No, a PC Gamer gave it Best Adventure Game for that year. Good so, on you, PC Gamer. I love it. Anyway, um, but that was like during the weird Adventure Game Dark Ages 2004. That was, I want to say like Ubisoft Montreal, like the Prince of Persia, Saints of Time team, which is, I think that's them. Yes. Maybe. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm probably wrong, but I remember thinking it's fine. I know you're not. Yeah, they, the they um, for Miss Four, they brought in, um, oh my God, they, the the team had made uh, adventure games, but they never used pre-render graphics. So this was really weird for them at that time. And so they really struggled with Miss Four in terms of how to develop it using their engine that they had. Um, it, yeah, I, I don't like Miss Four very much at all, just because it's just, it's a very weird game. It's a very weird game that uses weird, narrative devices that don't work uh defeat the purpose of the other narrative devices that they use and like the story is just retreading the same kind of story that we have heard time and time again with mist and needed to do something different and it didn't and it's a shame but it's not bad it's just the for me the 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 least exciting or interesting in all of the mist games yeah and so, I- I, yeah, I guess I'm great. Uh, it's by the, I mean, yeah, so I looked it up. It's Ubisoft Montreal, uh, yeah. the Prince of Persia Sands of Time team, like studio. I don't know, it's not the same team, but I don't know why they were chosen to do it anyway. But, uh, I think it did well commercially, but anyway, so Cyan, after Miss Online kind of flopped, they did, it feels like so they did an expansion pack, which is weird to say for their game. Um, and then they did a Mist 5, which feels like, just like, to me, that one felt like, I didn't ever play it, but just in the context of when it came out, it felt like them kind of scrambling to make something so that they could yeah. pay the bills, kind of, all because they were like... It was what was supposed to be Mist online content. Um, I mean, the, so... Uru got two expansions to it. Uh, yeah, one and, free and one commercial. Yep. But yeah. uh, Path of the Shell and to Denis. And, uh, and then uh, then with Mist 5, um, it was more content that was supposed to be the continuation of the Uru story from Mist Online. And Ubisoft's like, nope, make it a standalone game. Go. Still uses the same engine. Um, but a, a revamped version of it, of course. But... Uh, and of course, these brand new fr- fancy technologies. Miss Five is something that a lot of people don't give it credit for because it uses a gimmick that's a little clunky. But you look at all the pieces of it, and it's really fascinating how they developed that and and the technology they use because they did FMV over a a three D model and like how they they tried to capture the the nuance of human faces on a on a thing is really interesting but anyway sorry it's a great it's a good game it's just it it has a really clunky interface in this tablet that you draw it's really clunky but everything else about it and its puzzles are interesting and well designed it's just a weird game i love it though 
critically well, uh, commercially okay, because it was the end of Mist. It was supposed to be like, this is the end. Sorry, Mist is done. Goodbye. Yeah, and they basically... This is a, so the history of science gets really weird after they closed shortly after this. A month later, they announced that they're reopening again because they got something. Rand Miller's face says like they basically pulled a rabbit out of the hat, which is his words. Um, I think that's when they signed the deal with Great Wolf Lodge. Yeah. Is that what? Uh, oh well, the company that made uh, uh, Magic Quest, which was that, which 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 was made a deal with uh, Great Wolf Lodge. Okay, yeah, they're using the Mist Online engine. That's I briefly played it. It's just a very casual, yeah, Mist Online. It, basically, it works with the hotel chain too. So, like your progress and things like this, the things you've achieved will carry over into the game that you play at the hotels yeah. and stuff like that. It's, it's interesting, but it's, it's a cool little thing for families. I, I like magic West. I play that a lot with my kids. Yeah. So, I mean, but the online game's not around anymore. It's yeah. lost, unfortunately. And then, so that's where, but like during the like next, I mean, not 10 years, but like until 2014 ish, let's say when they do the Kickstarter, they're basically like, doing everything they can to just stay afloat. It's like a skeleton crew at Cyan. And so they do mobile ports of Mist and Ribbon. Those do okay and help pay the bills for a bit. Um, they do a couple other mobile games. There's a Cosmic Cosmos sequel that mm-hmm. I never played it. Because it, never got, it was like late 2000s, never got a digital release. I don't know what to do with it. It's like a puzzle platformer. It's so weird. I don't know. So anyway, science is very weird during this period. They managed to stay alive. And then, so yeah, up until 2014, I think or 2014 is when they launched the abduction Kickstarter yeah. around that time. Oh, man, yeah. That's when the big Kickstarter boom was happening. That does very well. And yeah, a lot of like celebrities and things were very excited yeah. for abduction yeah. and that just caused word Harris. of mouth. Yeah, yeah, which is very weird. Yeah, Ronan Faramia Farrow's a big yeah. <laughs> But anyway, um, yeah, so that's kind of when things start to pick up for them. Because abduction does well, particularly commercially. They do, uh, they do Real Miss Masterpiece Edition, which I don't really like that yeah, much, no, but it's, yeah, whatever. It's, just... it's some learning unity, and then they kind of scrapped it for Unreal Engine. I think that's when they kind of really pick up steam. But yeah, anyway. So, Abduction does well. They do the Firmament Kickstarter that also succeeds. That's still in development, but that's enough. They get into VR stuff. Yeah. And then, and 2020 is when they do their Mist remake, which is originally for Oculus, right? Yeah. Did Oculus... Do you yeah, know if Oculus funded? They, yeah, they did. They, they, well, they, they wanted the exclusivity for it. I think is what happened because um, the folks that were remaking the were, who are currently still making remaking Riven. I think that that sparked the idea for them to try to remake Mist um, because there, there's currently the Starry Expanse project, which is a complete remake of Riven in 3D, also VR compatible. Uh, that's still in the works, and I think that. Um, that was definitely, they brought those people in and, uh, who were working on that. They were just fans 
And I think they also helped in the Mist one. And like that, that's kind of the impetus is if we're going to remake Riven, we should remake Mist. And uh, and I think Oculus was big on that. They're like, yes, we want that, please. That would be great in VR. We want that for our platform. The Don Oculus first came out 2021, which is why we put in the well, them in yep. September. It got like the best Mac game award from <laughs> Apple. Like it's yeah. anyway, it, but like it, it seemed to do pretty well. Um, There's a brief period where people were salty about it because they took out the FMB or they didn't yeah. have FMB in it, but they cashed it in. It's hunt. Thank goodness. Um, <laughs> And I think so, that was a rand. I think that was a rand decision because he does not like his his acting in any no. of the games. He's <laughs> like, like, I do not. I don't want to do this. Why do you keep making me do this? I I, I suck at this. I'm like, you're actually really good at this. Please, like, yeah, well, I think so. My under, I like watching him. My understanding is that it takes a lot of takes okay. for him to film because why? Because I heard that during the filming of Mystery, like at the very beginning, he does like a little yell. Like, there's an ex. Explosion like Brad Dorf. Oh yeah, plays the villain yeah. and he throws like a fire thing or something. And like Rand Miller does like a little like ah whatever something. He, like he he talks about like how that took a ton of takes because he kept yelling <laughs> wrong. So like I think the end product comes out fine. But well, Rand in the end, when you get it, you get it. We love yeah. it. But yeah, so I mean the F and B, it like blew up to the point where even like Robin Miller, who doesn't work at the company anymore, was just like wanted the FMB back in, I think. Yeah. Well, I, he wanted the FMB back in, but he also, in his perfect world, like, just recast, like, refilm it, because he also yeah. isn't, like, super into his own acting well, either. Well, because, yeah, in the original Mist, it's just Rand and Robin Miller, who mm-hmm. are the actors in it, and they play three different characters total. And uh, and they're, they're just, you know... They're young guys messing around with a movie camera. Like, it's not, you know, they aren't trained actors. They're just kind of hamming it up. And ham it up they do. I love I love their performances, especially. I love Ryan Miller's. Uh, Akinar is is just... <laughs> it's beautiful. Chewing the scenery, and I love it. <laughs> um, did you see... So, have you ever seen the footage of... They tried to get their dad to act in the game? Oh no, I did not. It's not good. It's not good. There's a reason why <laughs> Rand Miller plays two people. It's but it's on YouTube. You can look it up. Well, I didn't it's, know for the longest time he was he was both for the I longest time. I didn't know time. that either. I'm not <laughs> I'm not proud to admit that like I don't know. I almost want to say like five years ago or something. It was like way too long for me to realize that it was like <laughs> Akinar was played by someone else. It's like, well anyway. <laughs> um yeah, so I, they're doing all right now. Uh, yeah, problems. they're doing good. They're doing great. I mean, they're focusing on publishing, which is fantastic, and the games they're putting out are doing well. And I'm oh, I'm just excited for Siam. Like, I'm just so happy for them because they make great games and they support great games, and that is in in and of itself worthy of people's attention and and money. It's fantastic. But let's talk about Mist. I want to. I want to. Am I? I gotta ask you this, this question. All right, this is a question I'm bringing to the table. Favorite age? I have to ask this question. What is your favorite age in Mist? Does it count Mist itself as an age? Is Mist an age? I count Mist as an age in and of <laughs> itself. It's an iconic island. Yeah. What like, about it do you like? 
my answer would be like I I think I think I enjoyed the main island more than <laughs> the actual ages you go to. Yeah. Because it's so I don't know, maybe because like you go there first and it's like a very yeah, iconic location as you say. Um but it has like a very nice like landmark sort of type navigation in it. Mm-hmm. There, because there's the like the big mountain with the like weird uh, dome thing on the top. And on the opposite side, it's like, I think it's a tower on the beach, right? That like you can't get to in the beginning of the game. And yeah. there's like a little forest. So it's like, there's all of these things and it's um, like, it's very easy to like pinpoint where you are on the island based on like your proximity to these landmarks. And yeah. I just lo- love that a lot. And it's like very easy to navigate in it. And then other ages, they're more like thematically, like they're thematically consistent, but it makes it harder to like move around like in channel wood because it's like, oh, it's all wood. <laughs> like the, yeah. you, there's not many places to like um, point you to where you are. So yeah, but if I were to choose non-mist, it would be maybe the like chat like I think channel was channel <laughs> even though it even though it's like tricky to yeah. navigate especially in the like static screen uh, like versions of the game but it's like um, I re- like I enjoyed the puzzle of uh, connecting the tubes yeah. like it, it just like. Yeah, I get like I I got that puzzle. It's uh very easy and not very easy but like very easy for my brain to get. Yeah. And I also like the like two like it also has like two levels so you can go on top and on the bottom. I like like verticality of it. Yes. Um and it's like a little maze also like a labyrinth on the second floor because you have to like find the correct like way to exit it. So it's like it's it's very like rich for me, and I liked it. Yeah. What about what about you, Mike? What about you? What is one of the, one of your favorite ages, if not the favorite age? Oh, I was gonna say I think by exactly the same for the same reasons. It's <laughs> I mean not counting this, I like channel with the most. Um, I don't. I'm not super into the mechanical age puzzles, but I do like exploring the rooms in there, yeah. which is very. I think the world building's kind of interesting in there. Oh, bedrooms. The bedrooms are the best. <laughs> oh, they're terrifying. You know, and that that instantaneously so so like I mean the overall plot is they there's there's two books in the library of the island of mist and t- two people who are saying, "Hey, we've been wrongfully imprisoned. Uh we need you to bring these pages. There's one in a blue book, who wants blue pages? One in a red book, who wants red pages?" And you travel to four different ages to gather you can get a blue or a red page from each age and bring it back um, or come back again and grab the other page after the fact, um, which of course I did. And uh, to, to help bring, once you get all the pages together, you free the person, right? And they, as you insert each page, they give you more information about what's happening. And they talk about being wrongfully imprisoned by their dad and their brothers to blame, the other ones to blame and all this stuff. But as you explore these ages, you see these bedrooms um, and you see that like 
they're both really messed up. You have uh, like Akinar, who is like just he loves killing things and putting things on trophies and torturing th- people. And then uh, Cirrus, who's like, I just want to inject drugs and I want to be like I'm a, and hoard money. And he's just a, a a hedonist in like the most ultimate sense of the word. And so they're both these two really despicable characters. And these bedrooms are so terrifying because like you open a drawer and you just see like stuff. The, one of my favorite, favorite ones, and I don't know which bedroom this is in, but in one of the, the books that you read, they have journals from their father's perspective uh, talking about the ages as they write them, uh, these books that connect them and uh, how he goes to one. And there's a, there are these pirates that are plaguing these people and they have this this certain flag and they they show the design and stuff and in one of the bedrooms you open up a drawer and you see that flag and i was just like oh my god <laughs> um but to talk about favorites i think that you guys are both right in saying channelwood is i like it's such a good age that is like the most um modern cyan of the ages because and what makes it so special for me is when it, it it's very easy to understand the context of the puzzles where you're, yeah. you know, a uh, tall tree wooded age and you are navigating these uh, gangplanks on the bottom uh, that have all these pipes that are connecting and you have to make them uh, connect to these uh, elevators to power them so that you can get access up to the treetops where the remnants of a civilization, this archaic civilization existed and they're gone. And uh, and you have like little bits and pieces, the brothers leaving ominous messages uh, in a language you don't understand. And like just knowing from these books that you read from uh, from the dad's perspective of the age of Channelwood and of these people and all of these things, it there's so much going on for that age for you to be like, there were people here. They are not. Where did they go? What happened? Um, and, you know, like in other books, dad's like, I left them in Channelwood for a few like months and you see like it was a bad time for those people in Channelwood for those few months. That must have been terrifying and horrible. And like you see it, the brothers were terrible and you discover that stuff as you explore Channelwood. And it was just the layers, the the easy to understand puzzles uh, and exploring a place that, you know, was inhabited by other people that don't exist anymore. And you have these questions in your brain of like, what happened here? It's, it, it's like the perfect, uh, like it's emblematic of what mist will become and what cyan was, is trying to do in the future. Yeah. So I guess to kind of wrap this up before the spoiler section, would you, I, I, I know what the answer is, but would you recommend this game? <laughs> I don't know. Hmm, I wonder. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yes, but yes. what I, I what I guess to make this more interesting, I guess what version would you recommend? I would because I would say the most for most people, I'd say just the most recent that twenty twenty one remake. I think it's a very good version of the game. They had subtitles. Um, yeah. My one of my biggest complaints about the game is there's a couple puzzle there's one puzzle specifically like as someone who's basically tone deaf i can't it's very it's, <laughs> it's always been a huge struggle for me to oh, do yeah. <laughs> sound puzzles um 
one, there's a whole age basically around Sun, but that's not too bad. But to get to the age, you have to do this keyboard puzzle where it's very easy to figure out how it works and what you're supposed to do. It's, but it's very difficult because you're just playing with these tones and it's very like, it's not testing logic. So it's just like the subtitles kind of fix that, I think. Where it's yeah. just like, oh, you can turn that on and just get around that. It's very nice. I'm so glad they added subtitles finally to the game. Um, my one, I guess the caveat is like, I guess maybe some people prefer the hyper look. Like, especially if you're like an indie game designer, maybe. Uh, I don't know. I, I think the original one still looks neat. If like none of the remakes exist, existed, I would still recommend it. But I definitely think 2021 remake is the best one especially with the fmp i'm gonna i'm gonna yeah i'm gonna mimic that i think because like uh while i think that the hypercard is a great experience uh i think that there's just pitfalls to it for people trying to get into that genre now like if people play the modern mist version and really dig it uh to go back and like experience it in the original way just that uh because i i before the 2021 version I would have said, hey, play Real Mist, just because you have that ability to to spatially understand where you are, which is, I think, the biggest problem that a lot of people had in enjoying Mist. It's just they were like, I don't, I can't parse where I'm actually going and what I'm doing. And that helped them in that situation, even though I feel like it's not the most detailed or most atmospheric. But now with the modern one, I think you should, people should play that one for sure. It's and it's it's a it's it's a perfect introduction to a cyan game because it's not super challenging um, and it's easy to understand like to tune into what they're trying to do and so when you move into something like Riven which is far more complex uh, you have a better understanding of just how to play that game and that that carries on to the future miss games as well so I think it's good tools. M, would you recommend it? Um. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've actually I haven't played the like modern. I have not played any 3D version of Mist. Oh <laughs> like, really? Only, okay. Yeah, I've only played the screen, like the screen one. Oh, the, the hyper. Yeah. The, I mean, okay. the one that's like cool. on GOG. Yeah. 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 Um, and like, I'm not a super like I'm not a super big. Not fan, but just like my brain doesn't work in 3D that well, like uh, especially. So it's like if if you're kind of like like me with a 2D brain, <laughs> then you might enjoy the static, um, like the older versions with uh, static screens. Um, but yeah, and again, what I said about the interface, like it's very cool to see the like intentionality behind sort of how. The frames are made and like what the like, game designers want your like attention to be on and i feel i feel like that's very cool and yeah that's it that's my argument yay all right cool okay so i guess we're going to head off to the spoiler section now uh unless there's something spoiler is there anything the else want... yeah uh so if you've never played it before and you're thinking about it, uh, stop listening now, but we're going to jump over there.
Okay, it jumps. This is I'm the good. spoiler age. Oh, it's so much roomier in here. I like this. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about the ending, the divisive ending, I think. Um, <laughs> Jumping right into the ending. I like it. Oh, right so, into the uh, ending. Well, uh, well, I think, I mean, basically, so you figure out, eventually you play enough, you stumble across. I think it's like, right, it, they both tell you to pick up the last page. Yeah. Don't open up the green book. Yeah, they said, don't touch the green book. Don't touch it. Don't even touch the green book. They're like, hey, uh, so y- y- as you give them all their pages, they, they say like, okay, there's one last final page, um, but it's in this special room. Um, and like, don't, don't touch that green book. There's a green book there. Don't do it. You're going to get trapped in a book like we are. Um, and there's our pages. And they, they, they tell you like, hey, in the, on the bookshelf, there's this burnt book. It's not burnt. It's got a code in the fireplace, enter the code in the fireplace, and you're going to go there and get us our last page. But if you touch the green book, you're met with the dad, Atris. And uh, and he tells you, like, hey, my sons are all evil. And there's a green page that will fix this. Uh, my book, I'm trapped here, and here's how to get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you go get the green, get the other page, bring it back. It's pretty clear. It's like you can you have the options to the other free the brothers and get a bad ending, but it seems yeah. pretty, it's pretty clear by that point that the they are bad not endings good. are great though, and everyone They're should fun. at least save before they do them. Yeah, because... I I, did, I think on my first playthrough I did the like you're stuck in the with the dad like ending. Oh yes, and it's like hilarious. I loved it. I never <laughs> I was like, saw it. Is he just like mad at you for getting? He's in? just exasperated. Yep. He's exhausted. He's not even like, oh mad, my God. but he's like, "You got the page. You got the page. You didn't get the page. <laughs> like yeah. what the hell? <laughs> now you're stuck here." <laughs> yep. He's like, "Welcome. Okay, welcome to Denis. Here you are. There you go. And that's it. You just have to stay there with him. Going it's quiet very silence. funny." <laughs> Okay. Um, he's, he's tired. He's like, oh my god. This idiot. Um, but like the game doesn't end. You're just like there. Oh, yep. okay. That's funny. Like they're not um, credits or anything. But anyway, yeah. So when you bring him the page, he goes to burn the other two. He like leave. He lets him leave. He goes to burn the other two books. I think at the time it was implied that he destroyed. Um, yeah, that was, he he destroyed them. Yeah, that's not them. how. I mean, that's not and now. That's not how blinking books work and stuff. They got retcon, but um, because I think at the time it's basically implied they're trapped. In the the books are the world. Like, yeah, the, we're not going to get into it. The but first they, mist is the first mist is not necessarily the most canonical. Uh, like just the way the books work, they don't work right. that way. The prison ages that the, the brothers are trapped on, they don't work that way. Like the pages thing, it doesn't work like that. And like so, but they didn't know that stuff. They didn't build that yet, and that's okay. Like, so he goes to destroy the book so no one can read them. And then basically, he just says, "All right, you can explore if you want. I'm going to work on it." They, 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 they I don't know if they knew about Gen at the time, but he's. They say he's working on like preparing for fighting a foe or his yeah. someone else and then I think you're they like, had the idea of the dad but i don't think they had the story fleshed out just entirely like i i think that it was always meant to be like a familial like uh you know 
stuff, I think. But like they knew about they had the idea of Denis, which is the the underground city and these people that could write books that could link to different places and take you, you know, all over the universe. Um, like they had that idea down, but they didn't have it f- like fully fleshed out and like the history of everything. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of people didn't like that time because you're just kind of left to explore. It's not like an ending cinematic. I think oh, even at the time, I was just kind of like, oh, that's it. And then you just explore. Yeah. Well, part of the fun of Mists, part of the fun of Mist games is just existing, you know? Like, part of that that interesting thing is that, like, yeah, you, it's not just game over. He's like, hey, you can go to explore the ages. And there are people who will be like, I just want to go into Channelwood and just listen. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's fine. Whatever. It's... <laughs> What, you don't like the added extra age rhyme? So I finally played that. So I don't think, M, you never... I, I'd never seen anything beyond okay. the original. I only saw it a week ago in preparation for this. It's, it's, so in Real Miss, right, is when they added rhyme. Yeah, in Real Miss, they added rhyme because it's supposed to be, like, a, to tie it into Uru um, and Mist Online and, like, to give it a little extra connection there. Um, and it's very much an Uru kind of age because, uh, I mean, it, it stands out very different than the regular, the original Miss Ages because um, Riven and on, there's this major emphasis on like creatures and wildlife and like the whole ecology of the age and looking at it as a, as a whole. Um, and so when you go to Rhyme, it's this very cold climate and there are these, you know, it's dark and there's these like flashing crystal lights in the distance. And part of the puzzle is, you know, using those crystals to, to tune in and see the age of like Denis and, uh, and, and Riven, I think at one point you can even see in there, but, uh, but it's, it's very modern cyan because like you look out into the waters and if you just wait. Like you can lure out creatures that you can see in the waters and they're very hard to see. They're almost impossible to see. But if you look really closely, they're there. And um, like that sort of stuff is very modern mist, modern yeah. cyan. And I love it's it. Just, it's basically just a fun little report. It's fun. It's, it's, it's tiny. It's, it's yeah. very small. It's two puzzles in like, that's it, you know, good game. But no, so the, the other ages though, like, I mean, so... Uh, like in order to even find out how to access these ages, they're all hidden behind puzzles on Mist Island, right? You have the landmarks that M like talked about, right? You have this the big ship, you have this big gears, you have uh, a spaceship, this gigantic tree, and a clock tower, and you're all like, you know, like what do these all have to kind of do with these things? And and learning how to access the ages is really interesting, but the ages themselves, like. Uh, do you guys have a least favorite? We talked about the most favorite. What's your yes. least favorite? I I, I know this like that's a much easier question to answer. I don't know. Um, I think I know. I think I know. Let's hear. It. Yes, it's the Selenetic. I think it's the yes. Selenetic. Yeah, same same with me. I think the remake version is much better. Um, what do they do to still, change it? My, it's just better looking. I just, it just oh, looks okay. better to me because it's like I think it kind of looks ugly in the original game. I don't know. It's just this like foggy. It's it just looks nicer than the one. Yeah. But it's it's a sand swip age with the sound is its major thing. Selenetic is like a sound based puzzle age, and uh, but it's the most like tedious age. 
out of all of them. Yeah. Because the, the biggest caveat in it is at the end, you're having to navigate these like underground uh, tracks on this machine. And it, it's you have to tell it where to go. And you have to like turn it and wait for a certain sound to appear to tell you that's the right way to go. But like there's, hold on, there's two, four, six, there's eight different directions and it has to play an FMV sequence that was unskippable uh, each time to to move it to those, to segue into then a big long track run. And like, I don't know why they kept that because also for them, that was a logistical nightmare. Because they had to render or do all those cutscenes for the dumbest of puzzles that was tedious, unfun, and uninteresting. Because it's black. You're in pitch black darkness. And you have like and, a, this little hole you look through on the rail. Yeah. Yeah. And, but they still had to animate all of those different things. And it was just, it was bland. And it, I always dread having to, if I want to go see both the brothers talking and all their dialogue, I have to go do that thing twice. And it's like this. Oh, this, yeah. I forgot. Yeah. That's a nice, okay. That's another nice thing about the remake is you can pick up both. Pages. You have inventory. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so, so you don't have to, because that's, yeah, I always forget about that. That's like you just saw a gift go visit the age twice. Yeah. And then um, what the other one's like, uh, uh, Mike, yours is Selenetic as well, right? You yes. Said? Yes. Yeah. It's just, it's, <clears throat> I don't mind sound puzzles. I don't. And getting into uh, the structure where the, the, the ship is that you were driving. I, I don't mind that puzzle at all, but like just that tedious is just, Oh, it's tough. And then like uh, what we have mechanical. A lot of people don't like mechanical because it's a timing puzzles where you have to kind yeah, of. Yeah, like, I'm not. It's fine, I guess, but I'm not. It's not that it's, bad. It's the second least favorite, I guess. Yeah. I I dig the environment. The environment, though, for me, like my problem with the environment and mechanical, like the the brother stuff, you know, is that it's too um too like on the nose yes yeah that's kind of it kind of gives it away where it's like oh they're both. like yeah here's an iron maiden and here's like you know a <laughs> electric chair rack. yeah yeah electric chair and like all of these torture devices and you're like okay it's it seemed very that was the most like uh seventh guesty where it's like oh it's spooky are you spooked out you but know we still, yeah I, but for the most part i think we enjoy the ages and so yeah okay Okay. I like the I like the puzzles of mechanical and then uh what stone ship was the age where there's a sunken ship and you are dedicating your time to managing water levels mm-hmm. where you're siphoning water from one place to the next and like it it actually worked really well. Yeah. I think that that's probably the the more uh interesting puzzle. Like I think that's a better puzzle oriented, but uh channel is my favorite just environmentally. I like its puzzles. It's all super good. Mist is fantastic. Play missed. There was a moment in Stone Ship um, when I was like, okay, like the water level is down and I'm like going somewhere else and like doing a part of the puzzle. And then they come back to the sunken ship and the water level is like up again. And I'm like, damn, what happened here? Yeah. I was like so afraid that there was like someone else like putting water there. <laughs> and I was like, is there another character in this game? But I'm no, it was alone. just like leaking. Yeah. Um, Say I like like the the dynamic stuff like that. It's like it brings a lot to the game. Yeah, 
But like for folks who are in the spoiler section who are like haven't played the game, who are those those ne'er do wells, you rep scallions <laughs> who have not played and want things spoiled, like understand that that the 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 gameplay loop of Mist is incredibly simple. You have this hub world, which is fantastic. Um, and it's there's a bookshelf where there are undestroyed books, which you read, and they are uh, from the point of view of Atris, the father, and in it is a it's about each individual age. So there's a selenetic book, a stone chip book, mechanical book, channel wood, blah, blah, blah. And each one has a clue, a vital clue on how to start the the age. So once you get in there, just remember that clue. And then from there on out, it's pretty self-explanatory and like what you need to do and how you need to do it. And like it's it, it's not as complex as people say, because how you get access to the age is, you know, pretty straightforward once you figure it out. And that gameplay loop is just really, you you figure it out. It's, it's, you can do this. Listen, we may have spoiled some things, but you can do this. It's not impossible. Yeah. Okay. So I guess I said, <laughs> wrap this up. Uh, we're all working on this. If you want to join us, uh, we're still doing Griffin Month. I'll link to this part in the notes. And uh, I guess, John, where can people find you? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Bogus Meat Factor uh, because the character limits, it can't be fully displayed. Uh, I'm on Twitch as well, four days a week streaming uh, twitch.tv slash Bogus Meat Factory. Um, and then last but not least, I have a podcast where I read and talk about uh, books based off of video game franchises. Um mostly fiction so stuff like uh set in the zork universe set in the mario universe like they have a novelization of Mega Man 2 that exists in this world as a real commercial product uh and we read them and we talk about them and it's very silly and there's also some weird uh radio drama uh involved as well that may be some strange body horror also which is a delight <laughs> so uh called the literate pixel podcast you can go find it anywhere and then um, um i got a website it's uh, hypertextfish.org. Um, and it has like links to my other stuff. So it's like a hub for everything else. I might be like writing a like missed game. Yes. <laughs> I've, been, I've been asked to like 10 times. Like a um, like missed game, I mean like a tabletop game. Yeah. Inspired um, by. We will, we will see about that. But. Like if I do do it, it'll be on the website and that's okay. hypertextfish.org. I'm looking at the site now. It's a fantastic site. Everyone um, should go there. Handwritten CSS, <laughs> amazing uh, quality. Um, so yeah. Awesome. And then you can follow those podcasts at Advent Game Club on Twitter. And uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye.